It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Janis Kudla. I'm Jesper Dion. I'm Henry Laksan. I am Francisco Segundolo. And you are listening to the Game to Love podcast. Novak Djokovic has left Australia after losing his appeal against his visa cancellation. He knew the conditions since uh, a lot of months ago. I was just following the rules. I came in with all the valid papers. The volley! Yeah. It's so good! He's done it! Novak Djokovic has been granted a visa allowing him to play in next year's Australian Open. Fans who taunt Djokovic are on notice. Do so, and you'll be kicked out by security. Carlos Alcaraz is out of the Australian Open. I look at my ranking, it's giving me a lot of confidence, but on the other hand, I know that these are just the numbers. Anybody can win a grand slam right now. Who is going to avoid Novak Djokovic? <laughs> Daniel Medvedev's in the same quarter as Rafael Nadal. It doesn't get much worse, I'm sorry. Can Raducanu beat Coco Goff in a second round bet? Felix Ojealiassime will win the Australian Open. Igor Swiatek will win. Arena Sabalenka and Taylor Fritz, yes. You heard it here first. Novak Djokovic is a clear winner for me. So my projected semi-finals for the women's Zeng against Pagula and Garcia against Samsonova. I see Novak Djokovic holding his 10th Australian Open trophy this year. I see Marie Sakari winning her first Grand Slam title at the Australian Open. The Nicholas Kyrgios steam train is powering his way through to an Australian Open title win. And he's taken out Novak Djokovic on his way. Welcome back, tennis fans! It's the final of the Australian Open. That's right. And it's the men's side we're talking about this time. It's going to be nine-time champion Novak Djokovic 
going for lots of things. Number 10 in Australia, number 22 in the Grand Slam title race, and world number one. But he's up against a wily Greek who has the support down under his second home, Stefanos Tsitsipas. JG, are you ready to go through with this preview? Yes, I can't wait. I think the match is going to be epic. We've just done the women's as well, so go check that out if you haven't already. The men's is going to be a blockbuster match. These two have played in a Grand Slam before, in a final, and it didn't disappoint. It was epic. It was five sets. Step up two sets to love. Djokovic come back. Maybe we could be seeing something like that. One thing I would say is Djokovic has looked the strongest player this Australian Open. He started the year so strong. And it's looking really difficult to get games off him at the moment, let alone sets and matches. Alex Dimonor got embarrassed. Dimitrov in the last few sets got embarrassed. And I mean, look at the one later on earlier today as well with Tommy Paul. He just yep. couldn't stick with Djokovic. And a theme of his play has been he's ended sets very strongly. We've seen bagels. We've seen breadsticks and twos. He gets the job done quickly when it matters. So we're not seeing a Novak Djokovic who's carrying an injury at the back end of this event. His leg problem seems to have disappeared. I don't know what can stop him. We had an incident the other day with his father uh, where he did something a bit stupid. That's past us now. We can move on yeah. from that. His dad's cleared it all up. And let's focus on the tennis. I don't know. I'm trying to think of any possible scenarios which could unsettle Novak Djokovic. The way he's playing for me is some of the best tennis I've seen from him. He's hitting the ball so hard. And for me, the best thing about his game is just his baseline rallies. He's able to find relentless winners from the baseline. Players cannot stick with him. Physically, he seems stronger than everyone. He yeah. seems to have stamina. It doesn't matter if there's a young player the other side of the court who's half the age of him. No one can stick in a rally with Novak Djokovic at the moment. His serve has developed so much in recent years that it's got to the stage now in the Australian Open where you'd have to say he's one of the best servers on tour. He finds yeah, aces definitely. down break point. He puts a little bit more on the serve when he's down a break point. He finds big shots. Let's look at the conditions. There's so many things. I know I'm just firing loads <laughs> off on my intro, but I am really excited for this one. The conditions. The courts are playing a little bit slower. The ball's a little bit harder to find winners. Is that going to help Steph? It might help his backhand because we know the biggest weakness of Steph is the backhand. We see a lot of shanks off them. Are the slow conditions going to help? So there's loads of things flying around in my mind. We're going to give our prediction at the end of this video, but let's get into some of the tweets because we've got some good ones. I'm very, very excited. And I am very happy as well that we did end up with this as the final. I think it's been long overdue since he lost in that French Open final to Djokovic from two sets to love up. He's probably been playing that over and over in his head for quite some time. Remember, he fell off quite dramatically, I think. I don't think he was quite the same again until the next year after that final. So it's good to see him back to his best. And now he's done his best at the Australian Open. He's got to three semifinals before this year, obviously making it a fourth one this year, and now into his first Australian Open final. And I don't think it will be the last either. Yeah, it's important to note, if you look at the route he's had through, 
He's had some tough players this year and beaten all of them. So let's go back before the Australian Open and look at the United Cup. He beat Berrettini in three sets, Borna Toric, who's another player a little bit similar to Djokovic. The reason I want to stop on Borna Toric is because he has a similar style of play. He's just the B-Tech version of him. He does everything Djokovic does, but just not as good. He's yeah. got a similar backhand stroke. The serve looks similar. He's a good player, but he's similar no Novak Djokovic. But it's still, yeah, similar haircut. <laughs> and um, that was good practice to play the real man. Of course, it's completely different. Can't draw yeah. too many conclusions. But I just want to bring that up, bring that out there. He did beat Borna Toric. But Matteo Berrettini as well. Goffin, uh, Dimitrov and uh, Rublev was in an exhibition just before. The Australian Open, the most impressive victory, has to come against Yannick Sinner, the young Italian You've got to say Sinner's going to win Grand Slams. He's the one player who regularly beats Alcaraz in slams. He is the future of tennis. He's so young. He's so good. And he can play on any surface. And Steph managed to beat him in five. After that, uh, Lehechka did very well to come through that in straight sets. And Hachanov beat him in four. So he's played some good matches against some good players. And he's come through all of them. And if you listen to Steph in the post-match interviews in the press room, all of the things he keeps saying is how much he loves Australia. He feels confident playing here. It yeah. feels like it's his home slam. He seems to have shifted from that mentality problem of losing in decisive moments in matches. Let's wind back to the end of last year in Paris. A similar one happened in the tiebreak against Djokovic. Is he going to be able to get rid of all of them curses? And are we going to see a new one in this final? Well, it's all well and good saying he's rid himself of all of the the negative uh, mentality, but who has he done it against? And I think that's one of the key points that is going to be addressed in this final. Can he do it against the likes of a Novak Djokovic? He's, he's able to do it against the likes of a Hachanov. He's able to do it against the likes of a Sinner. But Djokovic's, you know, Dow's, like uh, people like that, the, the top echelon players that he's struggled against in the in the past, can he get it over the line? Djokovic, most notably, out of all of those people, has been sort of his Achilles heel as well. Yeah. I remember even, well, obviously we had the French Open one. I think there was the one in Rome as well where he was up and I think it got rain delayed and he was up twice yeah. and even in the final set and still let it slide away. We've seen that happen to him before. Has he changed? I mean, we're sort of seeing two similar sort of stories on in tennis in this tournament. Sabalenka being one on the women's side, who's sort of putting it together now mentally and getting through to the final. And Sitipas as well. I think that there are some parallels we, that are running between these two men's and women's tournaments. And it seems to be the mental side is being a, a lot better for these two players in this tournament. And I'm excited. Yeah, I just want to clarify one thing. I don't know if I've said it wrong or someone's misheard me. I'm not saying Steph has a similar backhand to Novak. No, I didn't. No. I don't think I did say that. Toric, it's said. nothing like that. Borna Toric has a similar backhand to Novak. The cross-court backhand is very effective and they have a similar style of play, but Toric is nowhere near as good as Novak. Ooh. I never said Steph. Steph's backhand one of a kind. He's trying to reciprocate his idol in um, or replicate his idol in, in Roger Federer, but he's nowhere, nowhere near it. It's too unreliable, his backhand. So yeah, just to I clarify mean, that, I know people don't want people to get mixed up. I never said that. This is the thing as well. And he did drop a set, obviously, to Hachanov in, in that semi-final. 
there was a lot of people saying uh, Carolyn didn't didn't play well at all, didn't turn up for that semi-final. He still grabbed a set off of Sissipas in that one. And that's credit to Hachanov, didn't really play his best tennis and still got a set. But it's, it's one of those. I don't feel that if you look at this list of players, I, the only one on there that I would consider to give a chance against him would be Sinner. That's my personal opinion. Against Djokovic? No, against uh, Sissipas. Oh, okay. And he did. He ran him to five. And then, look, and then he's, he's, he's pretty much cleaned up everybody else. I mean, he's dropped one set other than that, and that was to, to Karen. And so um, I don't know what to make of it. Has he mentally improved or not? Maybe. I feel that the Sinner fifth set, he, he proved, yeah, I'm, I have belief that I'm better than you in a fifth set. That's what yeah. he, his belief was. A little bit more experience as well. He's been around yeah. a few more years. Uh, let's let's move over to Novak Djokovic and see some of his results in the Australian Open. Of course, he's been on a tear in Australia, and we're going to get onto some great stats on that in a minute. But he beat, of course, in Adelaide, Corder in the final. Corder had not a bad Australian Open as well and had to pull out in, with retirement against... Hachanov. Hachanov, yeah. Um, but Corder had a brilliant tournament and was been, has been playing well. So he started against Buena, easy. Kukard, he took a set. Easy after that. Dimitrov, easy. Dimonor, the most the easiest one of the bunch. He completely ripped him apart. Rublev, yeah. that's the other one I didn't mention earlier. Just dominant. Like Rublev had no answers. He was embarrassed, Andre Rublev on court. You could go as far to say that. <clears throat> and as yeah. the matches has progressed, in his injury has also not been so prominent. It seems to have gone away. He seems to have shifted away from that. We've still seen the trainer come from time to time. His leg is still strapped. It's his right thigh or left thigh? Left. left, left his left yeah. thigh, left hamstring is strapped up still, but it's not causing an impact on him, on his hitting or the way he's playing. The last one, of course, this morning we covered it against Tommy Paul and he won that also very convincingly. So yeah. One thing I would say is his performance against Paul was nowhere near the last performances. It's probably his worst performance since Dimitrov first set. Yeah, I I still think that the Dimitrov first set one was quite competitive because Dimitrov can do that to any player on the tour. He had set points and they were warranted for just good tennis. But today I thought Djokovic, and I'm not going to put any disclaimers up, I thought he was dreadful in the first set from, after, uh, from 5-1 up. I think he looked completely out of sorts. If that had been any other player who I wasn't Gary nervous, agrees. He said something similar. He would have been. He would have lost that set in an instant if it wasn't. If it was somebody who wasn't in their first Slam semi-final. If he played Sissipas, but let's put it that way, that set's gone uh, instantly. I think he would have lost that first set, maybe even like a six-two or something like that to to Sissipas. I didn't. I wasn't impressed at all by Djokovic. But second set changed. Boom. There you go. He's back. Even the end of the first set served well. Got his uh, ground shot. Uh, ground shots going. And then the second set. It was normal service resumed again. And it was nice to see that he could just snap out of it, though. But I was worried for a second. I just thought, what's happened here? He lost four games in a row in that first set. Very uncharacteristic. Yeah, let's move on to the next tweaks. I know we've got a few to get through. So this is Djokovic's last four Australian Open semi-final opponents. So we had Tommy Paul uh, this year, Aslan Karatsev, 21. 2020 was one knee Federer and 2019 <laughs> Lucas Puel. 
So somebody recently said that the Australian Open is the most competitive slam because players arrive fresher after the off-season. Okay, let me just say my piece on this. You can look at the names and, and make a case that, okay, it's not great. But the 2021 one against Aslan Karatsev was no easy match. Karatsev was a top player at the time, well inside the top five in the world, in my opinion. He was outstanding, a very difficult player to play. You can, maybe the other three have been quite easy and I'd even include include Tommy Paul, but he's had to beat, you, you, you can't change the draw. That's just the way it is. And Djokovic has been very professional in all of these semifinals. He's yet to lose a, a semifinal match or a final match in Australia as well. So that's another stat what's not looking good for Steph. And yeah, maybe the whole myth that the Australian Open is the most competitive slam isn't true. Yeah, I I totally agree with you on the Karatsev one. I said it earlier on today during the Tommy Paul matchup. Yeah. He broke Djokovic's serve, and which is something not many people could have done in that tournament, but he just wasn't able to hold well. his own. Yeah. yeah, I thought he played great in the first set, but then Djokovic worked him out, as he does with everybody. And then it was, uh, unfortunately, a straight set's loss. But I th- still thought Karatsev gave a good account of himself. It, I mean, it just is what it is. The fact of this tournament is a lot of people have been speaking coming into this one saying about the the number one seeds and how they get like a real, like an easy draw and that type of thing. He's not even the number one seed in this one. You've got to remember exactly. that. Yeah. He's coming into this, uh, was he number fourth? Fourth, fourth seed. Yeah. So you can't say, oh, he's got a handpicked draw for the number one seed, like a lot of people would say. No, he's number four seed. It's just you get what you're given. He's just but let's wind back to the draw preview. We both agreed his draw was a lot easier than some others, but that's just <laughs> Rafa's was. <laughs> yeah, it's Rafa's was. He just got. It that just could happened. have been Djokovic's draw. That's what it's the luck of the draw. You can't. You can't blame the draw. Um, it's just the way it was. It panned out, and Djokovic did have a nice draw, but he still beat all the players who were there. We never got to see Runa Djokovic or Kyrgios Djokovic, and for no. me, that was always going to be the big bat in the quarterfinal, which we never got to see, quite frankly, unfortunately. But Rublev beat Rune with a net cord right at the end. And that is tennis. It's fine yeah. margins. And this is what, well, this is the card of the, the, the hand of cards we've been dealt. Exactly. Right. Move on to the next one. This one from Eurosport saying Djokovic extends his Grand Slam final appearance record. There you go. 33 finals. And we go down to a couple of other greats here 31 for Federer and 34 Rafael Nadal. Yeah, it's always outstanding that he's been in so many finals. Um, he's had a lot of chances and he is very close now. One match away from tying Rafael Nadal at 22 Grand Slams, which is a not not a bad conversion, mate, really. Uh, I still find Rafael Nadal is remarkable. 30 finals, 22 wins is pretty special. <laughs> the fiends is near they, they near all they're all pretty similar but Rafa's obviously got the best percentage of, of winning these Grand Slam finals yes it means that when he's in form he's hard to play against that's for sure uh, Rafa we know that and we saw that in Australia last year not really very good in Australia but when he got on a run and he was determined nothing could stop him and not even Daniel Medvedev two sets up and nearly a break up in the third so, but Djokovic with his 33 finals, will he continue to keep extending this? I think so. We could see potentially, I'm going to go with 40 finals. Well, if he's going to get 40 finals, then he will be the man with the most grand slams. 
I think that's all. I think everyone would agree on that. If he gets to forty Grand Slam finals, he will definitely end with the most Grand Slams. I don't think Rafael Nadal's got as many years left in him. So that and he out of the seven extra ones, he's going to win at least half. That's just my attitude towards it. There's no certainty, but the way he the way he is and the way what we've seen over the last few years, or the last decade or so, even longer, he wins finals just like the other two did. Yeah. So. I don't think he's going to be as many. I'm going for a lot less. I'm going to say 35. Okay. Something crazy, like not going to happen much, but I've got, I'm doubling down a little bit with my previous predictions. Maybe 36. (laughs) It's going up. Give me an extra one. (laughs) Why not? Keep keep moving on because I'm going to keep going up. (laughs) Next one is Novak Djokovic. Um, Oh, so you can't see the top of it. Novak Djokovic has now broken Andre Agassi's record winning streak at the Australian Open. Well done to him. And it is, you can see there, 26 for Agassi and now 27 wins consecutively at the Australian Open for Novak Djokovic. Brilliant. Is he the most successful player at the Australian Open ever? Yeah, I mean, he's Mr. He's almost Mr. Australia at this stage. And is life. he going to become Mr. Wimbledon as well and take that from Federer? He's on his way there. He's not doing bad on the grass too. So it is remarkable what he's done these last this last decade specifically. I think it's difficult to argue that he's not been the best player in the world this last decade. Um, certainly when it comes to every surface apart from clay. Yeah, exactly. I mean... I need to pick my words carefully here. Since 2011, he only hasn't won it three times. So he's won it, what is that, eight times out of 11 attempts, which is incredible. I think obviously last year doesn't count because he wasn't there. But the times he did play, eight eight wins out of 11, I'm sure he'd take that conversion right. <laughs> he could do that across all the slams, wouldn't he? Exactly. But, Anyway, moving on. What have we got okay. next? So this is some Djokovic win streaks and some stats. So it is 40 wins in Australia. Is that in a row? 40 wins in a row in Australia. Pretty crazy. Yeah. 27 at the Australian Open in a row. Of course, he wasn't able to play last year uh, due to him being, well, kicked out of Australia. Yeah. Uh, 18 versus top five in Australia. 18 wins versus top 10 in Australia, 16 overall, 14 sets, 13 at Grand Slams, 10 versus the top 10 overall, 9 in Australian Open Finals, 9 in Grand Slam Semi-Finals, 9 versus Stefano Sissipas, <laughs> and 6 at the Australian Open 2023. I love how it just goes down and down, and I love how they put Steph in there as well. But when you read yeah. these stats, you've got to be an idiot to think he's going to lose, right? Tennis is tennis, as we know, and anything can happen. All good reigns have to come to an end as well. That's another problem with tennis. Changing of the guards happen, and we we could see it happen. Who knows? But he does have a very, very big B in his bonnet, Novak Djokovic, after last year. I don't think I can even understand how much he wants this. There's part of me thinks, oh yeah, he really wants it. I don't think he's even let on in the slightest, even in his press, anything, how much he wants this grandstand. Because I feel that this is a big middle finger for last year if he does get this grandstand. Plus he loves it there. 
he actually is saying he finds it hard to hold any sort of grudge because he loves Australia so much. I feel that this would just be a big F you to whoever was in charge in the government last year. That's all it is. We've got GSL in saying if he gets 10 here and 8 at Wimbledon, it will rank alongside Rafa at Roland Garros. Uh, and we've have and we'll have to stop with the Roger is the king of grass stuff. Novak free love versus Roger in Wimbledon finals. I think they could get ten Wimbledons as well. That's the Ooh. thing. I think he might try and go for. Steady on, Ben. Steady on. Double figures in both. Take your Nole hat off for a moment. Nole, 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 Nole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to the next tweet. Do you want to just look at these stats for a bit more, or should we go on to the next? We can one? move on. Okay, we're moving. As Gene on. says, he is motivated as ever, um, and the stats are looking pretty insane. We've got Sean saying, I want 400 plus weeks, number one for Djokovic. Of Whoa. course, a big thing to know. I don't think we've got a tweet saying it, but whoever wins will be number one as well yeah, on Sunday. The, the first one. Oh, it was that one. Yeah, this one. Yeah, for the title, for the Pepperstone ATP number one ranking as well. Pepperstone. Not sure if I like this. I think it right. really is going to be a classic on that. <laughs> I hope so. I hope it lives up to the bill, that's for sure. All right, back to Gil. You can read it. Go on. All right. Go on. Uh, Gil I'll saying it's, it's remarkable that Djokovic heads into a major final against a player as good as Tsitsipas, someone who has finished number four in the world two straight years, having beaten that player nine times in a row. <laughs> that is a stat I wasn't even really aware of. I mean, I know he's got a very favorable head to head, but nine in a row, that's. Pretty He's been crazy. on the cusp of losing loads of them. Yeah. Sister Pass has been in, in like, you know, like reaching distance to win so many of their matches, but then loses it. Yep. Big question here is how's his mentality going to be this year? It seems to have switched a little bit. Sister Pass has the ability to play with Djokovic. That he doesn't, he's never had the mind, nowhere close. Can he get that closer? That's 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 going to be the real deciding impact in this match. Djokovic, of course, massive favourite. If Sissipas sorts his mind out, it makes it a close match. You still favour Djokovic even then. Want me to throw something out there that might interest uh, the gambling people? Out of all of this, it's a 10-2 head-to-head record in favour of Djokovic. It's 2-1 in favour of Sissipas on outdoor hardcore. And that's where he's got his wins against Djokovic. Outdoor hardcourt in the Canada Masters, in the Shanghai Masters. Uh, and the only time he lost him was in Dubai. So out of the, all the times they played outdoors, Sissipas has done better overall. And I do feel like these conditions suit Sissipas a little bit more than Djokovic. A little bit humid, slower balls. I just feel like it's going to help Steph slightly. It's, they're, they're, things are aligning for him, definitely. I'm really interested to see what the strategy is from both of the players as well, especially Djokovic. If he can't enforce his will on Sissipas, how does this match play out? Because if he starts getting frustrated and Sissipas's backhand's firing winners off, it's going to be a long day at the office for Novak Djokovic, that's for sure. Okay, let's move on. 
So this Next. was a bit of a silly one. So <laughs> how can Sissipas <laughs> beat Djokovic if it is Novak? So this was asked to Hatanov in his post-match interview. And it, he said, maybe he should call Daniel, who is the only player from our generation to have beaten Novak Djokovic in a Grand Slam final. Of course, I think it was said tongue-in-cheek because Sissipas and Daniel Medvedev don't get on at all. Um, <laughs> true. But it's, it's crazy to think that really it's true. I, I didn't realise the only person to beat Djokovic in the Grand Slam final of that generation is Medvedev. No one else has beaten him. No. Yeah, you're very... Uh, well, but then only... saying that, who's beaten Rafa in a Grand Slam final? That's it. I mean... Of the, the new build, Kasper Ruud can't get close. No. He's had two cracks at it, or one crack. Djokovic, his only person he's lost to Djokovic was uh, Nadal and Medvedev in his slam yeah. finals in recent years. So, yeah, he's the person. Give him a call, Steph. <laughs> maybe he'll give you some great advice or maybe he'll stitch you right up and he'll, uh, I don't know, get you losing in straight sets. I don't know what Daniel would do. He probably wouldn't be a very friendly advice, I'm sure. Next. This one was funny as well. I thought this was good. Obviously, we had this, I'd say, little saga drama when Novak Djokovic forgot that he played Tsitsipas in a Grand Slam final already in Roland Garros. And then, obviously, somebody had to ask him in a press conference after he got to the final this time, said, oh, the other day, he didn't remember about you uh, playing in Roland Garros. Uh, do you think this is a genuine lapse or maybe he's trying to get in your mind? Sissipas says, I don't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> do you still stand by what you said last time that you think Djokovic did it on purpose as like a mind games? That's part of me that thinks like, not like a proper mind game, but like a tongue in cheek, like little. I generally think he forgot. He just, he just lap, it was just a mind lapse. He's played in so many finals, Ben. We've just seen yeah, all the stats. Be. He plays a lot. But he could have used that as the joke. That's why I was sort of saying okay. that could have been the joke. I've played in so many finals. I don't know if I played him in a final. Yeah. I don't think it was intended like that. But Probably that's just not. my opinion. It depends how everyone interprets things which are said differently. But my interpretation is that he just said it. I don't think it's him being arrogant at all or no. disrespectful to Steph. I just feel like it was something he forgot. Right. So I think if you go down on that one, there was one little bit of it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, come on then. Uh, oh, you've got that on the next one, do you? No, it was just oh, okay. literally the same thing, but it was just like Questions that was... and finals? No, don't remember. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> then they went quickly on to the next question. Then they just moved on. <laughs> Started asking him something about uh, on-court coaching was the next question that came in from the uh, press and probably his dad being brought up for the umpteenth time in a press conference. I wonder how much he'll play a part in the final. Obviously... The two dads could be the two people that are making more headlines than the players in this final. I saw what someone tweet the other day, if Sissipas's dad and Djokovic's dad had a podcast, it would be the most watched tennis podcast in the world. Yeah. Maybe we can accommodate it. Imagine if we had <clears throat> Serjan Djokovic and Apostolos on our channel and it was just them two talk. We, me and Ben just literally sit there in silence, just listen to them two talk to each other. That, for me, is brilliant viewing. Absolutely Names. brilliant viewing. And if you uh, want to have a special well. guest on the episode, you bring on Tony Nadal. You have them three <laughs> just having a little discussion amongst themselves. Everyone would want to watch it. It would be amazing. Well, great entertainment. If you can think of a good 
uh, name for their podcast, pop it in the live chat, pop it in the comments section. Serjan Djokovic and Apostolos at City Pass. What would Antonio be the name? Nadal. Get him on and, as well. Oh, he can, they can be a trio. What would be the name of the, the podcast that these three would be? I don't think it'd be called the Big Three Podcast. It's um, got to be the Big Three Pod. I was going to be maybe called, uh, oh, we got a person saying the Dad Slam. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Toilet Break or something like that. Instead of po- <laughs> Break Point. <laughs> toilet Break Point. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I it would be know. funny though, for sure. So, what's this next one? That's just an what? image of him, is it? Yeah, that that was just him. Just uh, that was his facial expression during that question, and as you can imagine, didn't really break character at all. Uh, and then this one we've got to uh, finish up on. I'll let you read this one. This is about a bit of your oh, your doing there, uh, Djokovic. Elegantly or elo- eloquent, oh, sorry, Djokovic eloquently explains that he and his family are against war after all they've been through and said his father's actions were misinterpreted and that Serjan was passing through the square and thought he was posing with Serbian fans as he had post match throughout. So, Seems on this honest. whole t- topic, <clears throat> of course, it caused an uproar on social media. When I initially saw it, I thought that is just so stupid. And so poor of him to be posing with something which is should not be around. I mean, it's terrible uh, supporting the war, what's happening in Ukraine. But if you're looking at it like this, it happened. It was a terrible lapse in judgment. He didn't mean to do it. He didn't know that's what was being portrayed. And I would really just like to, what I want to focus on with this, you need to separate Djokovic and his dad. They're two individual people. It's nothing to do with Novak Djokovic. It's just his dad's actions. His dad just did something a bit stupid. He should have been a bit more careful. If you are someone who has a profile, you need to be a little bit more careful than the average Joe up the block. And he's not the average Joe. He made a mistake because you need to be careful. And aside from that, I think we can move on. I don't think this is going to play any impact on the final whatsoever because everyone now has accepted it's happened. It's in the past. It wasn't right. It was a mistake. Let's move on. Yeah, he's obviously just wandered into the wrong place at the wrong time and just thought he was doing something nice, posing with people. Yeah, and Goldflakes and the flags do look very similar in his defence. So let's just say he made a mistake and move on from it. Yeah, I think it's an honest mistake. He's just probably kicking himself, thinking like, how? And and definitely the Australian Open needed... What do you make of them? Because they should have picked up on it, right? We've got Neil saying uh, the Australian Open need calling out for this too. They should throw out anyone with a Russian flag bad enough allowing their players in. I mean, I don't agree with that, Neil. No, I think Neil, the players should be allowed. It's a bit much. But maybe the flags, they've got a roar about it. They should stick with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what's going to be happening at Wimbledon later this year. Like, surely you can't be just banning players like indefinitely. So I'm totally against all of that. I just don't... I. This whole thing has just been blown out of proportion. I feel that they should have been evicted. His dad's apologised. Let's move on and let him back in the stands and don't give him a hard time because let, let him watch his son. It's a big moment for his family. you got to think that. And that's the one thing I've liked about this tournament so far is every time they've gone to the crowd, just been his mum and dad there the whole yeah, time nice. supporting 
Novak in being back in Australia. And remember that the tough times last year when they were it's horrible, yeah. When, when they were saying like he's a prisoner and he's being kept like against his will and all of this type of thing. All he's he's followed all the rules and it was horrible. He was, they were having to talk on news stations just to plead his innocence for something he didn't even do. He got told he could go there and then he got locked up for not having something which apparently he had in the end and then they still kicked him out so it was ridiculous made an example of him and he's back to uh put the wrongs to right and i think that that's the the key thing but anyway i just want to say one thing shout out to goldflake for the super chat off stream really appreciate that it's very kind of you just saying have a great weekend and we certainly will be because we've got two big matches to cover this one, Novak Djokovic, sister pass, and the next one, Sabalenka, Rybakina. Hey, look at him go. Is that even right? I don't know, Rybakina, Rybakina. I'll let you off for that one. No, it's, it's better than Rybakina. I'm perfect. What? It's amazing. Smashed it. Easy. And yeah, make <laughs> sure to join us for them. One, if you haven't already, hit the like button on this video as well because it really does help us to move up through the algorithms. Hit that like button if you want to see the match with us. Indeed. I thought we can have a look at this just quickly. Oh, I'll bring up the head-to-head because I think this is like makes interesting reading. Obviously, I was going through it myself, so I'll bring it up so you can see where they last played. And you can see all of the last, what is this? Three were all on indoor hard court. The last four before that were all on clay. And then we go all the back, way back to 2020. That's three years ago. Mm. And uh, that was when Djokovic beat him in Dubai. But you can see the other two outdoor hardcore wins. They were in Masters events. They were over three sets. It was a long time ago. I, but... I wouldn't buy into this at all. Complete different player Steph is now. He's yeah. completely different. I know, I know what you're trying to do. I understand what you're saying. And listen, there is the chance that Steph, in the past, he was able to beat Djokovic. Now it's a lot tougher. He's not done it in the last nine attempts. And Steph's got better and better. So I don't know. Let's just let's just move on with the next part of the video because I don't think the head-to-head's going to play much of a factor. They know each other inside out, these two. And um, they played together at the Labour Cup. They're just... They, they're, people, they're players who have played a lot with each other. They've practiced together. They're very familiar with each other's game. We're going to see the best player win this final. And I don't think any of the previous encounters are going to influence it too much. Maybe this one. Um, the only times that they played in Grand Slam events have both gone to five sets as well. How about mm. that? Yeah, so that's, that's another big statistic. When it goes deep, like Steph is someone with an amazing gas tank on him. That is one thing that people don't give him enough credit for. I know we talk about his volleying. He's got an amazing serve. Uh, and he he's tenacious. I, th- I really like his temperament on court when he's playing well. But him and his gas tank going long in matches, he can go five sets easy. That's the one thing. Uh, in that first match against Djokovic, let him off. He got, I think it was cramp or something in that fifth set. I think he's come on since then. He's proved that. He's managing his gas tank a lot better. And against Sinner, he said, oh, you can have the fourth set pretty much. I'll do you in the fifth. So, interesting. Yeah, let's move on. That's all I got. 
Oh, is that there's no more tweets? There's no more tweets. Well, not that I can see anyway. I'll have a look okay. to see if there's any others that you've uh, pinged over, but I don't know. No, I've not sent I... any more. That's so all. that yeah. is it. Yeah, sorry, I thought we had a lot more than that to get no. through in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to our predictions. It's the only thing we can do. And I'm going to spend a little bit longer on this if we've got the time. So bring go back to our image. And this is the two of them roaring away. They've been in a Grand Slam final before. We've seen the stats. We've seen how they've paired up before in the past. I don't think it matters too much because some of them are quite old when they played on a surface similar to this. Like you said, when it goes to a Grand Slam, it's usually five sets. What's it going to be here? I want to start off with Stefan, how he has, for me, transformed a lot this year. I see someone who is a lot more mentally resilient. The backhand is still a weakness. It's still a worry. Far too many shanks. It's not resilient enough. And I feel what's happened in the past is... If we have a long rally, Djokovic goes back, backhand, 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 backhand. Oh, there's a shank, three point. That's what happens all the time. Djokovic looks stunning. He looks stunning. He looks hard to beat. He looks difficult to beat from the baseline. He looks difficult to beat anywhere, really, on the court. And there's not much Steph can do. The one thing he can do is play very ultra-aggressive. Steph's great with his forehand, at dictating really crafty angles. The only way he can do that is if Djokovic hits balls mid-court. Anything a bit soft mid-court, Steph needs to be ultra-aggressive. He needs to try and paint lines. If it goes out, so be it. He has to try that. That's his only way route to victory. Um, it's going to be fascinating. I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be going five sets. My prediction is a five-set classic. It's one we're going to remember for many years to come. We'll always be talking about this match, uh, Ben, on the podcast. I think it's going to be epic. I don't think Steph takes the first two sets, though. I think Steph takes the first one. Djokovic takes the second. And Steph takes the third with Djokovic tying it, tying it up in the fourth. Then the fifth set is going to be very, very tight. My head says Djokovic wins in five. I think he may be too strong and show time and time again that he's going to be enough and he's going to do it and win this in five sets. Um, if, sounds if, epic. Oh, it's going to be epic. <laughs> it is going to be epic. And with Steph, oh, sorry, with Djokovic, if he plays like he did against Tommy Paul in that opening set, Oof. Steph cleans him. I think yeah. he cleans him 6-2. Steph's not going to be playing around. Steph comes so out fast. Um, he comes out um, fast. In terms of win, people know I'm a massive Rafael Nadal fan. I am a little bit biased. Definitely. I really love Rafael Nadal. And if I'm being totally honest, I would love, love Steph to win in that fifth set if it is to go there. My head says Djokovic will do it. But I'm going to follow my heart on this preview. And I'm going to have Steph spoiling the party, spoiling number 22, and I'm going to have him winning the fifth set hmm. and winning Take... his first Grand Slam title. Taking us around the houses there. <laughs> Quick one for you. It's a bit like your draw preview for the <laughs> selections. Getting confused watching it. <laughs> right. Oh, so, JG. Maybe I'm dreaming, Marco. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm just... A lot of that is because I can't have, I can't have him win 22. I'm, I'm too threatened by Djokovic. You are. You're getting coming soon. Hashtag protect twenty two t shirts. I'm getting protect twenty two t shirts. That, that's it. I think maybe you should 
Well, to my prediction, then that one sounds very epic. I feel that I need to. It's going dress, five, Ben. I need to dress it up in another sort of way. For me, this one, I feel that it is going to be competitive. I feel that Sissipas is going to run him close in a couple of sets um, for sure. And I think that they will be the first couple of sets of the match. I see only see Sissipas winning one set, though, in this final. If I look back to his previous finals in Australia, he won in straight sets against Daniel Medvedev. He did win in five sets against Dominic Team, but then he also won in straight sets against Rafael Nadal. I'm going to be going in the middle. I'm going to be going Djokovic in four in this one. But Sissipas to make it very competitive, and I think we may see two tie breaks. What's what set Steph going to win? The, I think it's going to be the second set, I think. Okay. And you're going, yeah, I hope it's not straight sets. Come on, Steph, at yeah. least get one set. Um, and there's one stat which I want to read off quickly, and that is how he has mentally transformed himself. Just to back it up, what I've been saying. So he saved 44 of the 53 break points he's faced. Wow. And dropped just three sets going into the final. Steph has saved 44 of the 53 break points. That's credit to his serving. It's been immaculate this tournament. So he's given away break point opportunities, but he's closing the door. And that's something he's never done before. If he can close the door on any break point opportunities in the final, he's in for a real shot of winning this whole thing. Yeah, I'm really excited for this matchup. I feel this could be the coming of age of Stefano Sissipas. But it also could be another history lesson from Novak Djokovic. It could be number 10 and number 22, leveling Rafa. And it just sets us up for another epic Roland Garros. That's all I want. Yeah, and I know you're going to be backing Djokovic pretty big on this, right? Massive, yeah. I'm really, really rooting for Novak to get number 22. I was disgusted about last year when he came in he passed the exemption and then they kicked him out for something completely different. I think it was very unfair. They've even come out in court and apologized. The current government have apologized to publicly to Novak Djokovic. It still leaves a scar, though. I'm hoping that he can turn the wrongs into a right and make it number 22. Yeah, big thing to mention as well is this is the final for player roulette. And we have two players in this one. We have Lynette, I believe, for Djokovic. And Landon Lau, is it, for, for Sissipas? Well, good, well yeah. remembered. Not a bad memory then. So there are the two finalists, two of our patrons. Either Landon Lau or Landon Lowe, I believe. Yep. Or Lynette will be winning a prize. So best of luck to you two. Hopefully you're watching and you can enjoy the match and sit back because it was free to enter. All you had to be is part of the Patreon. If you want to be in, in the chance to, to be in the next player roulette, join the Patreon now and your name will be entered and you can win a prize. Yeah, typical art to get Rafa on the Dow. <laughs> the tournament he does, terrible. Could have got him last year, couldn't I? No chance. I got Rafa this year. Ruined my player roulette. Never mind. Maybe it was better that somebody else got uh, the good players. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Next on to the match itself, we will be covering it here live, doing our play-by-play -play reactions 
and we'll have a live chat as well. So please join us for that and we can hear what you guys have to say. If you haven't already, of course, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new. We have reached a big landmark. It's 50K. We did it. I mean, I'm so happy we did it just before the finals as well. I didn't want to be sitting there going, what if, what if? And I know that a few of you made me look foolish on the stream earlier by going up and down with 50K, 49, 50, 49. And there was me looking like a poor man's Mr. Beast. But we got there. <laughs> we got there in the end. I really appreciate that, everybody. Yeah, some people celebrating in the live chat. Let's wrap it up there. We'll see you for the women's match. We'll see you for the men's match. Let's go, Steph. Let's go, Sabah. Ben's going for the other two as well. We're going to yeah. be head-to-head on both. So it's going to be exciting. Eat him all for Nole. Eat him uh, all. Let's go. See you then. 22. <laughs> Number one for Steph. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Podcast Network.